Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Um, you'll notice there's a, I've been doing this for a few weeks now, there's a slightly different background and that's because the wall is just destroyed. The tiles keep falling down, they won't stop, um, but we continue, we continue. If this mic will stay as I am asking it to stay, it has fallen down again. There we go. All the technical difficulties happening today. It's just the power of my voice knocking down this mic. But anyway, before we get started in this week of how to become a pro wrestler, I want to give a shout out to uh, friends of ours. Uh, first being Sam Barber Experience. You guys know the drill. This guy has been absolutely busting his ass to forward his career. Um, in professional wrestling. Um, he's called Sam Barber Experience. Uh, so go follow him on social media. It's at Sam Barber X on Instagram and Twitter and the Sam Barber Experience on Facebook. Also, if you want to take that step further, feel free. Um, all you got to do is go to projectsbx.bigcartel.com and you can find his clothing line, I'm going to call it, which is the Handsome Man's Club. Um, to tell you a little bit about Sam, big personality. He has been driving up and down the country to learn more about his craft from loads of different seminars. He's been working for promotions. He's come on the road with me a few times. I've had a, shared a few funny stories. Uh, one of them we brought up where I uh, fell asleep in the passenger seat and somehow managed to crash the car. Uh, that is in one of the podcasts where we discuss that. Maybe we'll have him back on to discuss that story because it is a funny one. Not often does the sleeping passenger almost manage to crash the car, but that almost happened, um, courtesy of myself. Uh, but yes, that was while we were on the road to BWR. He did very well there. He's uh, He's gone over to WXW in Germany to further his craft. So, you know, I respect anyone that gets on a plane to do that. I've done that before. Um, and you know it's difficult it's a, it's a big sacrifice so he's willing to make those sacrifices and I'm happy to support someone who's doing that and I'm asking that you guys do the same all you gotta do is follow him on social media at Sam Barber X S-A-M-B-A-R-B-O-U-R-X Sam Barber X on Instagram and Twitter and the Sam Barber Experience on Facebook even my mum did it You can follow. if my mum can do it you guys can do it go give Sam Barber a follow next up I want to give a huge thanks to Respect Pro Wrestling Training School uh, based in Loch Winnick. that's only 20 minutes from Glasgow by train now the reason I'm giving them a shout out is they've been very good to myself they have been allowing me to use that facility um, to you know come up with new moves and sequences and uh, stuff like that um, you if you seen any of my recent matches you will see I'm trying to constantly evolve and I'm doing a lot of the work with Lewis Gervin uh, over there um, Lewis is one of the main trainers the trainers are Lewis Gervin Bobby Roberts Christopher Saint and Jayla dark Um the classes are it's ten pounds per class or forty five pounds per month for all classes. Again, it's based at Lock Winnick Community Annex, Locklip Road, Lock Winnick. I'm um, sorry, I read that like it was one big sentence. It's because when Dave sent me the info, it has no punctuation, Dave. So there you go. Maybe we need to go back to respect wrestling and work on our wrestling, but also our grammar and punctuation. Now nah, I'm joking. We're busy, guys. We got we got to pass on the info. But yes, once again, it's the Lock Winnick Community. And uh, 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 annex, I don't I even know that was a word. But anyway, um, it is a great facility. 
we filmed some promos there. It's it's really really cool. Um, go check it out again if it's good enough for the prestigious one. It's got to be good enough for yourself, right? So I have uh, been using that recently to hone my skills, um, and we'll be re- releasing some uh, blog footage from there soon, so you'll get to see it uh, what it actually looks like as well. But thanks to Bobby and Respect Pro Wrestling for uh, giving the prestigious one a place to train for a while. It was much appreciated. Anyway, uh, next up, I want to give a shout out to the legends that are known as the patrons. I want to give a shout out to James Malley, Ian Downey, Heat312, Ian Callum-Lees, Tony Madden, Gordon Brown, Chris McCulloch, Mark Leslie, Ross Wilson, Adam Saccord, Kirsty Bailey, Barbara Good, uh, Adam Wilson, sorry, I'm obstructing my view there, uh, Jamie Flood, Daniel Betancourt, Ant191, David McCarthy, Kieran Prophet-Holmes, Fiona Edge, Clayton Davis, Gunnar, Alan McCann, Brian Smith, Will Ledwith, James Pointer, Jordan Schofield, Laura Baird, Mal Callan, Alex Healy, Piggy Wiggy, uh, Ben Wackett, Joe's mum and Jennifer Poulton as well. So uh, we will mention you by username um, if you go to a certain tier on our Patreon. That's what we do. We will give you... Um, oh, Original Sin is saying it's, it's Adam Sackord. Is it not spelt Sackord though? I can only read it as it's spelled, man. I, I'm, I'm doing my best here, Adam. I'm doing my best. But anyway, I hope you're well. Adam is one of our friends and patrons in Canada. Uh, thank you very much for the... Oh, it's Seacord. Seacord. Right, that's how I'm supposed to say it. That's how I'm supposed to say it. Uh, you tell me, Adam, how am I supposed to say it? You're just saying words now. Tell me which which one's the right one, and I will say it like that. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, thank you to all of our patrons. If you want to join the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Joe Hendry, and you can get awesome shout-outs like this where I will probably say your name wrong, but I will do my best. I will do my best. I give you my word on that. I will do my best. Again, patreon.com. Um, to support. I might have to change this mic because this one is constantly falling down. Um, it's just we're, we're having a lot of technical problems today. I don't, I don't know what it is with today, but it's, it's just not having it right now. It's just not having it. I want to get into my podcast episode, uh, but I will. So today what I want to talk about, folks, is about... Um, two seconds. Every so often. That's it. Every so often, that's all I was going to say. That's all you need to know. But every so often, you will reach a point where you'll need a reset. And what I mean by that is just because you've been doing things... um, uh, I've actually looked at... uh, Perry is saying that he is on the Patreon. He didn't get a shout-out. Perry, uh, my apologies to you. Let me just double-check that, but I will give you the shout-out now. I'm going to give a shout-out to Perry879. Thank you for letting us know. Uh, We don't want to leave... No soldiers left behind. Um, I will go and double check that. It may be uh, a little bit out of date there. I will go and update that and make sure we've got all the new patrons on. I thought I had everybody, but Perry, I apologize. Perry879, this week's patron of the week. It's got nothing to do with the fact that we missed his name there by accident. He just, I'm just deciding right now. He's patron of the week. So thank you to Perry879. I will go back and double check. Uh, we've got everything right there. Okay, so apologies for that, Perry. But what I want to talk about is every so often in your career, you will have to do a reset. And what I mean by that is I kind of told you guys that, um, oh, he's saying his username is Jack Godfrey. Okay, Jack Godfrey, I will double check. I was just going by the Twitch username. Jack Godfrey, shout out to Jack Godfrey. Um, Again, if you're listening, sorry, I'm I'm responding to what uh, Twitch stuff as we go. But anyway, uh, I've been digressing a lot today. My, My mind is a bit scattered. But um, 
what I want to talk to you about is every so often you will have to reset your career. And what I mean by that is, you know, at the start of this year, I decided I was going to do things a little differently. I was going to go back to the drawing board uh, with a student of the game mentality. So this is kind of my mid-year review where I'm going to look at things I've done right, uh, things I maybe haven't done right, things that I've learned that I can kind of pass on um, and maybe update you on stuff that I had looked at in the past. Uh, like So for example, we did one on physique and kind of training and weightlifting and diet for people who were starting to get into wrestling. Um, not everyone agreed with what we had to say, but I have to say now with several months of putting those things into action, I have now... Uh, reach some conclusions which I'm going to go over today. First of all, I'm going to keep this one brief because it's more about the overarching uh, direction that my career is going in now. Um, so one thing I've noticed about the food, diet, exercise, all that sort of thing is I think what I'm finding when people ask me for advice and when I speak to people who are trying to do the same thing, I often find with uh, health and fitness, and I'm guilty of this as well, is people will always tend to run before they can walk. Now, you know I've always been preaching that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger video, uh, Training for Mass, which I recommend for anyone that's going to lay it out better than I can. So after you're done here, go listen to that again, refresh your mind. But I spoke to a lot of people who are in wrestling who are going, okay, so I'm doing six workouts a week and I'm hitting arms twice a week, legs twice a week. I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, well, my routine, I miss out legs, but I'm doing shoulder, chest and, da -da -da and all these things and I'm going... This person's trying to double up on the workouts, but they're missing out on the basics of legs, which is one of the workouts. So for me, what I have found is the best way to do it, and I got I learned this from a natural bodybuilder. I can't remember his name right now, but he was saying, try to make weightlifting part of your daily routine. So it's kind of like, he was saying, make it your daily routine. Try and train every day. And life being just the way it is, life will get in the way two or three times a week. So what will happen is if you just make it part of your daily routine, but if something comes up or you feel like crap, it's like, you know what, I'm going to take a day off. And I end up doing that twice a week. So I'm actually, I'm lifting five times a week now. Whereas before what would happen is I would really just absolutely start smashing it. I'd get loads of progress. And then the second the progress slowed down, then I'd go, oh, well, you know, let me just leave it for a few nights. And I've done loads recently. And then before I know it, there's a month where I've just done two or three times a week, which just isn't enough. What I have found is, I have said in the past that I think it's like 70% diet, 30% training, which I do think is true. But what I've noticed is when my diet was impeccable, um, when I was kind of lackadaisical about the training, I could, it wasn't like I could get away with it, you know. I mean, it really you need to bring all these things together. But the diet is really so important. But as for the training, like I say, keep basics, basics, basics. Start with lifting four to five times a week, and then slot in. And people are going again. Well, I'm I'm weightlifting for an hour and a half, and then I'm doing cardio afterwards, and ah, you're overcomplicating a little bit. Just if you, the thing is, a lot of people, I think, if they go in and weightlift, then they try and do cardio afterwards. Subconsciously, they're going to try and save themselves for their cardio, where they really should just smash themselves on the workout. But also, if you're doing cardio beforehand, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying from a beginner's perspective, I think it's a bit counterproductive because you won't have as much as you would have if you start weightlifting straight away. And I'm not talking about five-minute warm-up. I'm talking about people doing half-an-hour cardio, then weightlift. I know The Rock talks about doing cardio and then weights, but what he does is cardio takes like a two or three hour break or whatever it is and then does his weights. Like, 
I don't personally I don't I can't speak for everyone but for me I don't think it's a very good idea to do cardio straight into weightlifting or weightlifting straight into cardio I kind of like them to be separate and what I'm finding now is that my matches tend to be my cardio um, and I need to add in one or two things a week but four to five times for lifting also what I have found I started tracking my calories to the calorie and I did in the first instance I found it very effective and it had a huge benefit but then what started to happen was I went down this mentality of well as long as my calories are good it doesn't matter if I've got 200 calories left and then I have a bag of Haribo that's 200 calories, that doesn't matter because I'm still under my calories. When it comes to weight gain and weight loss, yes, that is true. If my fitness pal calculates that you need 2,500 calories to maintain and you have 2,500 calories, you're going to maintain your weight. But what you eat within those calories will determine the composition of your body, the kind of fat to muscle ratio. So what I found is that when I was strictly tracking calories, what happened was I was, um, yes, I wasn't gaining weight, so to speak, but I was perhaps losing a bit of muscle and putting on a bit of fat because I was eating sugary things all the time instead of just like once, maybe twice a week. So it was kind of like a couple of cheat meals. Then I was just, oh, it was just a part of my diet. I'll just have some Haribo. I've got, I've got calories left. And what I found was I started to get bloated and I was retaining a lot of water and I was like, oh, something's just not right here. Now, myself and Dave have been kind of debating back and forth. He's saying he strictly believes the calories thing. And I guess scientifically that is true. But what I'm trying to say is if I'm eating loads of sugary crap or salty crap or whatever, and my body retains all that water, even if that is a temporary effect, the fact is, it's still an effect. And if my body is bloated and retaining loads of water, even though I might be in good shape apart from that, that is still happening and it's going to make me look crap for my matches. So for me personally and what I need, that just didn't work. And what I mean by that is calorie tracking alone. So what I've done now is I'm loosely tracking calories. So if I eat something, I kind of know what it is. Um, I'm just looking at... Uh, some of the comments here and uh, original sin saying uh, Twitter's down, PSN, Twitch is down, all fun. Is this down though? Are you able to watch this? Let me know. I'm talking to the Twitch broadcast. If you're listening on the podcast, apologies. I'm having a conversation that happened way in the past and hopefully Twitter's back up because it wouldn't work for me to try and promote my show on Saturday. But anyway, so my point was what I've started to do is the things I've found most success with is this is what I'm trying to do at the moment, which is I fast until 2 p.m. And then I have meals at 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., 8 p.m., 10 p.m. What that means is I'm still getting my five meals a day, two hours apart, getting my 200 grams of protein in, but I'm still getting the benefits of fasting because there's only an eight-hour window to get those five meals in that I'm eating a day. So I still get the benefits of fasting. I'm walking the dog before my first meal, so I get a little bit of fasted cardio beforehand. Um, so I've got that going on, but also I'm kind of going on a, a bit of a keto diet as well. So my first two meals will have no carbs in them. So it'll be like a tin of tuna with some cheese or something like that. Next meal will be like chicken with, again, some nuts or something like that. Pretty boring stuff for the first two meals. Then what I'll do is for the third meal, um, and sometimes the fourth meal, what I'll do is I'll get, uh, I would say, 60 grams of carbs in my body before the gym. 
that kind of has to happen to give me the energy that I need for the gym. Then once I'm done, I'll usually have, once I'm finished with the gym, that's when you can get in your simple carbohydrates. Like if you want to get boost your glycogen levels, again, this is kind of more advanced stuff, but some bodybuilders will have like some, you know, uh, gummy bears or, or something like that to get some sugar in them to boost their glycogen levels after the gym. But so if I'm going to have something like that, like a McDonald's double cheeseburger or something like that, it's going to be after the gym to get those simple carbohydrates in, but also some protein as well. So basically what I'm trying to tell you is worked for me. I think if you, if you look at my Instagram and you look at the matches I've been having recently, objectively, I would have to say that I'm in the best shape of my life that I've ever been in right now. So that is down to um, eating within an eight-hour window, so getting the benefits of fasting, making sure I get one gram of uh, protein for every pound of uh, body weight, um, and loosely subscribing to keto. So my carbohydrates are under 100 carbs a day. Then I will usually have one crazy cheat day a week where I just have whatever I want, no restrictions, nothing matters. One day a week, and that's absolutely fine for me. Alongside that, trying to wherever I can, like I said, for those first two meals, yeah, I'll have just chicken and tuna or whatever, but I'll usually chop up some tomatoes and mushrooms or whatever and throw them in there as well. Get some vegetables in when I can, and I'm using my fitness pal, not so much for exact calorie tracking, but more so to see what uh, minerals and nutrients I'm deficient on, and that's been helping me to get there. It's a free app. Go download it. But basically, it's really simple. Lift weights for, you know, if you want to do pro wrestling and you're starting out, lift weights even three to five times a week. Keep it really simple. Don't even worry about the cardio right now. The The weights is the foundation here. So three to five times a week, weightlifting heavy, getting your uh, protein in every day, one gram per pound of body weight. Uh, I'm 200 plus pounds, so I need 200 plus uh, grams of uh, protein a day. I'm getting that in. I would recommend intermittent fasting, i.e. fasting for 16 hours, eating for eight, and keeping it loosely within keto. So keeping those carbohydrates below um, 100 grams or below a day. And the main thing is minimizing sugar. Really, you want your sugar to be 10 grams or less. So of those 100 grams of carbs, sugar is carbs, uh, sugar is a carb, you want the sugar to be less than 10, really. And be careful about that because some things have loads of, everything's got sugar in it. You don't suspect it. McDonald's burger buns have eight grams of sugar in it. So there you go. You kind of want it to be less than 10. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but that is what I would say has led me to getting in the best shape of my life. Not only that, I forgot to say this, four liters of water. I haven't had enough water today. I will admit that. I need to get some more. But sipping about four liters of water a day, not gulping it because that will increase the size of your stomach, sipping water throughout the day. Try and spread those four liters of water evenly throughout the day. That's what's making the difference. I'm still making gains. My physique is improving every week and I'm really excited about that. So that is a big positive in my life right now. I'm getting on top of that. And one of the reasons that I kind of kick off with that is because your diet and exercise is one thing that, you know, yes, food is expensive, but there's ways around it. If you go to Aldi or Lidl and you really plan then you know you can do these things on a budget, but I accept it is it is difficult. But you don't need anyone's approval or permission to go and do these things. You can get yourself into absolutely bitching shape uh, on your own accord by getting off your own ass and putting in the work and doing it. It doesn't. You don't need to be booked. You don't need fans to think you're great. You don't need approval from anyone. 
you can go and do that yourself. And that's why I think it's a very healthy thing to do because it's a way that you can take control and improve your life. So if we're looking at my half year review for that, I would say that I would, you know, give myself a, a very strong rating for sticking to that and sticking with it and all that. Um, next up, uh, I want to talk to you about um, kind of moving with the times and recognizing what's going on. And what's really interesting is that I watch this channel called Company Man. It's one of the best YouTubes out there. You got to check it. Where if you're into business in any way, shape, and form, it's just this guy who, for some reason, he's almost got a mundane voice, but it's charismatically mundane. I know that sounds really weird, but he's almost almost an anti-personality in that he's such a great personality because he's not trying to be super confident and charismatic. He's just himself, and it's very endearing. And he's got this channel called Company Man, and it's one of my favorite YouTube channels. But what I noticed from that and listening to people like Gary V is that the only constant is change. Things change and people resist change. And I did. I was like, no, I've got these foundations and principles about what wrestling is and what it should be and what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do and things like that. Apologies. Uh, my dog's just wandered into the room. So if I take a break, it's just to pick him up and give him a cuddle. But he's away again. I think he just wanted to see what I was doing there. But he's, uh, he's come in. He's listened to a bit of the podcast and he's had enough. He's, uh, he's on his way out now. But um, we had Gromit and Tyler. Tyler is Gromit's brother. We had them both over at the house uh, for a few days. So it was just pandemonium, but it was brilliant. But anyway, back to the task at hand. Yes, uh, the, the only constant is change. Things are constantly changing. I had my principles about the wrestling business, but I had to just go, you know what? Things are changing. The style of wrestling that I'm doing might have worked for TV matches 10, 15 years ago. It just doesn't cut it anymore. You need more stuff. So, as a bad guy, yes, the right thing, should I either poke the guy in the eyes to take control, or should I do pump kick, go for the O'Connor roll, uh, duck under his uh, clothesline, and come back with a code breaker? Really, traditionally, the correct answer is if you're a bad guy, poke him in the eyes, but wrestling fans nowadays i'm telling you guys being a true bad guy is a thankless job i've done it your merch sales become terrible and if you're a true bad guy fans and promoters alike just think you're crap so i if you are going to be a true bad guy it's it's a real skill to do it and still be over you know, um, and what I found is I know that what I really should be doing is poking the guys in the eye, but I've did this little code breaker sequence and the crowd kind of go, uh, and they kind of applaud the bad guy because they don't really want to because you're the bad guy. But what I've noticed is, unfortunately, I was having this conversation with uh, Liam Thompson backstage. I know that traditionally I shouldn't be doing any of these cool moves if I'm a bad guy, but um, I, will, I need to make money, I need to put food on the table, and I need to keep myself over. So I've started doing these moves and sequences, and I've realized that that is how wrestling has changed. And as you can hear, I'm a little bit bitter about that fact, and I was a little bit bitter about that. But what I've realized, I guess, is if you're watching The Dark Knight, or you're watching, it's probably not a great example, even like The Matrix, if you're what, let's call it The Matrix, or any sort of movie with cool fight scenes, the bad guys can still be bad guys and do some badass stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, maybe wrestling's just a bit like that. Maybe I can still be the bad guy, but I can, I can still do badass stuff, and just like it would in a TV show or a film, you know, that sort of thing. Um, again, 
Tony Soprano is a bad guy, but he does some pretty cool stuff and some pretty not cool stuff. But I just mean like it kind of changed my thinking and it got me to realize that wrestling really has changed. Um, and we're starting to be viewed as performers. And I've had to evolve with that. It was difficult for me to accept because I thought my way was best. And to be honest with you, I think if you're looking at like ratings and stuff like that, it's like there is an argument to say that there's, you know, traditional wrestling styles are missed you're talking about ratings but i guess the way that you have to steer into the way that the business is evolving and i think it's taken me quite a long time to realize that and also my style of wrestling it just wasn't again at the end of the day we are in a business where if you start getting rave reviews for your matches your stock starts to go up so i've started kind of changing up my style and people are in my opinion i haven't really changed that much as a wrestler i've just kind of modified what i'm doing to what's more in line with the modern style of wrestling but it's i'm getting a lot of good feedback and to be honest i am working really hard so i do feel that there have been improvements made my physique's a lot better my cardio is a lot better um like say i've got a lot more cool stuff so i guess my my matches are more enjoyable to watch it does feel a little weird at times because again it's kind of against the way that i was kind of taught and brought into the business but again how this relates to this company man youtube is all the companies that tend to not embrace change are the ones that tend to go out of business you know like blockbuster with regards to netflix and you know that's the classic example but there's loads of examples like that and it's easy in retrospect to look back and go oh we should have did well why didn't blockbuster just do online stuff you know it's easy to say that in retrospect but when you're in the time you kind of need to go with what's happening so that's what I've started to do. Um, and you know what? I've actually started to watch more uh, modern wrestling and really started to enjoy it. Um, and like I said, I watched a match the other day between Will Ospreay and Lance Archer that I thought was fantastic. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. And I thought, you know what? If that's kind of that's kind of where I need, to, I need to be. I'm not saying I can do the things that Will Ospreay can do, but I just mean that to me was really enjoyable as a fan of wrestling. So I'm gonna if I, I'm not gonna give myself a grade for that one because I think I was very uh, slow to kind of embrace the change of wrestling and kind of realize what was going on. But like I said, we've talked about it before, I had to step out of that wrestling bubble, see what was going on and go, all right, Joe, you need to make a change. I feel like I've done some of that stuff and I'm getting some good results because of it. Some good things are happening. So we'll see, uh, you know, I guess... That's more of a work in progress. You know, I'm not going to give myself an excellent rating for that one. Uh, but I'm getting there. And I'm enjoying it. You know, it's I'm, I'm really enjoying learning and what I'm doing and stuff like that. Everything is kind of becoming fun again. You know, life kind of goes up in peaks and troughs. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I like to say, I'm, that's what I would say with anything you do, whether it be wrestling or anything else, you can't ignore what's going around uh, you need to pay attention to what's going on and respond to what's going on or else eventually you're going to be out of touch and then it's going to be too late i think i kind of responded before it became too late so there we are that's kind of part of my uh, mid-year review the next thing i want to talk about something i feel i really have improved on is um making the most of opportunities now, I've always been saying, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn and that sort of thing. And I do believe that's true. But also, there seems to be a pattern of behavior that when things are darkest for me, that's when I tend to get off my ass and do something about it. Now, what I have found, this is really interesting. 
I was talking to someone in the business who is uh, one of my best friends, um, who they've not been on uh, the podcast or anything like that before, but one of my best friends in the business, and we were looking at, we were rating me out of, he was asking me, you know, what would you give yourself out of 10 on these things? And, you know, I gave myself a rating for, for promos, charisma, ring work, physique, look, blah, 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 whatever, all, all that stuff. And then networking was one of them. And I had to give myself a zero for networking because I just, to be honest with you, I'm just not a very fake person. If I don't like someone, I don't, I'm not going to be friends with them just because they could get me an opportunity. Like I hate people that do that. I hate doing it. It's, it feels completely unnatural to me. I don't like it. Um, and it's very weird. And I feel like I've kind of had to change my mentality. And in a way, I kind of almost actively get away from as far away from that as possible because I'm like, well, I don't want that person to think that I'm sucking up to them just because they could do something for me, you know, when actually that was not what was going through my head. But I think I went too far with that and actually got to a point where I'd kind of isolated myself, you know, and in this business, you do need allies, you need coaches, you need mentors, you need friends, you need people to confide in. And I think I was so intent on just like not being one of these fake kiss-assy people that I'd somewhat isolated myself. And I thought, you know what? Actually, networking is something I really need to work on. Um, and I'm kind of putting up a bit of a defensive wall here. I need to not do that. So what I decided to do is I was looking into getting into things I wanted to get into. And I just started looking through... Uh, my inbox for emails I hadn't responded to, DMs I hadn't responded to and things like that. And I came across a couple of business opportunities that now looking at them, I was like, "That's there's a potential great opportunity there. But I just hadn't acted upon it because I thought, oh, well, no, this, and I just kind of saw the worst in it instead of seeing the opportunity. So the point here, people, is that I'm trying to make is sometimes the answer has already been presented to you, but you just haven't had the initiative to stand up and go and do something about it. And I've been in that situation. I was in that situation. And there were two in particular that I responded to, things that I just needed to get off my ass and do, that I've responded to and has actually yielded very positive results. Three, actually, not, it might even be four. Um, that I can think of things that were already sitting in my inbox for me to respond to. Now, I'm not talking about people going, hey, Joe, would you like to do this? I'm talking about their, so for example, one of them is a video games channel who I knew pretty well. I know them. They were looking to expand, blah, 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 blah. I want to get back into video game uh, YouTube stuff. And I just kind of reached out. And it's like, again, just with having that mentality of reaching out, good things can happen. People have always got their own problems. People are looking for solutions. And you know what? If you contact someone on the right day at the right time, you might be the solution for the problem that they have. And on a few occasions, I've found that to be the case. So the point I'm trying to make people is there may be things already at your fingertips that are available to you. Things, and again, the I'm not talking about things where it's like, oh, here you go. Here's a wad of money to do this. But I mean opportunities that you can create. These are opportunities I had to create. They weren't asking me, like, oh, do you want to do this? It was just like, well, I know people that work here. Now, even if they don't want to do that, maybe I could get a bit of work experience doing that, or maybe I could get my foot in the door here, or maybe I could do this, or maybe I could do that. And it kind of goes from there. And then if you kind of experiment and get through that and kind of build your network, every so often something comes up where they go, oh, I know a guy that can do that. I know someone that could do that. And your name gets mentioned. Start reaching out. Start building a contact network. 
Again, if you can't do business, there might be opportunities to do things in the future. There's so much that can be done with the resources that are already available to you that you might not be maximizing right now. Um, so my advice to you um, with the, oh my God, that is so loud. My dog is chewing something outside. Uh, he's got his bone or something and he's just crunching right through it and it's cutting through the mic. So I'm going to shut the door. Two secs. He is very well behaved, to be fair. He uh, He's very, very chilled and very well behaved these days. I'm very lucky to have the dog that I do. We really lucked out, and that is awesome. It's one of the... Actually, that's going to lead me on to my next point after this. Um, so, yeah, the third point was the networking thing. And what I want you to do is just to realize that someone doesn't necessarily need to offer you something on a platter. There can be opportunities that are right there that you can make something of, but you need to actively do that, and you need to actively try and make things happen. You know, it's this kind of weird culture. It might be a UK thing, but it's like there's almost like a bit of like, oh, you can't ask that, or you, oh, you can't do that. And it's like, well, why not? You know, that's how deals get done. That's how people work together. That's how companies get built. That's how industry changing things happen. You need, to, so that's, that's one thing. The next thing I want to go on is collaboration. What I've found is I'm a total control freak. I like to do things. I like, if I write a song or I, I want to be the only writer, if I write a promo, if I do this, if I do it, all these things, I want to be the only one that does it because I'm Joe Hedrick and it's an ego thing. A lot of these things that you need to get the hell out of your life are, your, are related to ego. But I've found that collaboration recently has been amazing for me because I've started collaborating more with... Um, like some, some wrestling stuff I'm doing, some music stuff I'm doing, and some business projects as well. And what I'm finding is I'm a great uh, big ideas person, but when it comes to the details of the execution, I sometimes need a little bit of help with that. So I need to partner up with people in, who are experts who can handle those little details. So if you do have a business partnership or you're thinking of doing something or whatever that may be, it works with great tag teams. You know, the best tag teams complement each other you know you usually get uh, someone who might be a great talker the other one is like the workhorse of the group or vice versa or whatever it is you one's a high flyer one's a brawler you know whatever it is great tag teams complement each other and i feel it's the same for business and for creative opportunities as well what you want to do is you want to find people who are great at the things that you're bad at and again you're going to have to push that ego to the side and you're going to, need to accept okay, I might not be the world's best at some of these things. In fact, I might be pretty bad at some of these things. But if I can have the initiative to find someone who can do these things and have a partnership with them or go into business with them or whatever to solve those problems, then everyone's a winner. So that's something I want to encourage you on as well is collaboration and collaboration. Because if you're working by yourself, it's lonely. You're not bouncing your ideas off anybody. You're not learning as much as you would. Um, so that's something I've really learned a lot about is kind of delegate, letting go a little bit of control and delegating and, and letting people kind of give something a shot and see how they get on. Um, so that's something I've learned this year as well is that, uh, pairing up with people who are better than myself in certain areas is tending to yield positive results. Um, so that's another thing. So th those are, uh, that's kind of whew, like, Four or five things here. I can't remember exactly about it. But the last thing that I want to touch on before I go is something that I'm much better at now after my mid-year in review is at chilling out. 
at chilling out. Before, my brain was always on. Um, it was very stressful. You know, I could never really switch off. I would always have my phone there, checking social media, constantly checking emails every second of every day. Um, and it meant that I wasn't really listening when people were speaking to me. I wasn't being perhaps, you know, a great friend or, you know, I was just being quite selfish by just focusing entirely on my business. And actually, if you don't get any perspective from your business, then you don't, or whatever it is you're chasing, like, so for example, a lot of the people listen to this. And when I say business, if you're doing wrestling, you are a business. But if you're totally obsessed with that and nothing else, you can become quite detached from reality. So the, my advice would be get a hobby that has nothing to do with your business. And I have started a new hobby that I am really, I don't know why I'm so engrossed in it, but I am. And the hobby is I'm going to start building little Raspberry Pi computers and little Odroid computers. So the ones that can play like, you know, every... Because I looked at the kind of... I've got a SNES Mini down there. And it's like you pay like whatever I paid for it. And it's got 20 Super Nintendo games on it. And you're like, oh, that's a bit of a ripoff when you think about what emulators can do. So I'm going to get a Raspberry Pi 3, going to get an Odroid, and I'm going to emulate Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, uh, 32X... Dreamcast, Sega Saturn, GameCube, like, you know, okay, maybe not the GameCube on those, but all uh, PlayStation, PSP, all those things except the GameCube. That's maybe a bit much for the Odroid. But I'm going to start building these little consoles and loading them up with, you know, my favorite games, a bit of nostalgia and all that. Um, but yeah, it's got nothing to do with anything else that I'm doing. I'm just enjoying, right now I'm collecting ROMs for them and uh, money's a little tight at the moment. So I'm waiting for a few things to come through. Then when that happens, I'm going to buy myself a little Raspberry Pi, uh, a little low droid, some cases, uh, a few controllers. I'm going to start putting together some consoles like a right loser, you know. Uh, I'm only joking. Uh, but the point is, what I've found is pro wrestling is so over the top and so overt and all eyes are on you. You're getting loads of attention and it's kind of this, it can put you in a rather unhealthy state where you're kind of, you're it's easy to make you think that you're, you know, this big deal or whatever, and it makes it difficult to come back down from that. There's always a come down after shows, and that is something a lot of wrestlers, a lot of performers, a lot of musicians, a lot of actors, a lot of creative people really struggle with is when they're in the limelight coming down from that and going back to normality. I think everything requires balance, and it's this yin and yang effect. If your job or the thing you want to do, i.e. wrestling, or whether it's a creative industry, because talking to a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they're not, they might not be wrestlers, but they still feel that it's relevant. If you do something like that, try and make your home life, um, uh, try and get excited about the most basic things possible. Like for me, I'm getting excited about buying a £34 single board computer at the end of the month you know i got excited about going to tony macaroni's you know what i mean like I, I get excited about taking my dog for a walk you know oh fancy a nice great cup of coffee you know that sort of thing whereas before i wouldn't have cared about that stuff and that sounds horrible to say it but it is true i was just like you know what match have i got at the weekend and blah 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 and what you know what's happening business-wise with this and that and this and that and again it's like it's just like my day-to-day -day life didn't matter. And I think really I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is I think I really struggled because my wrestling name is Joe Henry. If it was a different name, then I could kind of step out of that. But because it's my name, I think that's that can be quite uh, a burden at times because you can't really take off the mask. You know, you can't just stop and be someone else and then go back to doing what you do at the weekend. 
that's a difficult thing to do because it's my name, you know? And I know it sounds like such a small thing. Well, it's just a name, but that's who people know me as. That's what people refer to me as. That is my actual name. So it kind of puts this pressure on me. So I think I've found a lot of success with just trying to do not as little as possible because I'm still doing, you know, a lot of stuff in the background, but I just mean like just trying to take comfort in the small things is what I would recommend that people can do to alleviate a lot of the stress and a lot of the pressure because a lot of people feel really down and I've been there after shows. You're like, there's a huge come down after shows because you're like, well, what now? Well, what now? There's nothing to do. Whereas if you can almost put your mind into a state where you look forward to there being nothing. Like right now, I'm looking at my bookshelf there and I've got uh, Gary V's new book. I've got Jim Ross's new book. I've got Chris Jericho's new book. I've got the, the owner of Night Crow book as well. I haven't actually read them yet. Maybe what I should do is go, you know what? After my match and uh, after show at Discovery, on Sunday, I don't have a match. So maybe, I'm, you know what? I'm going to read one of those books. And you look forward to, like, I'm going to get a nice cup of coffee, I'm going to read one of those books, and I'm going to take the dog for a walk. It sounds so basic, but if you can almost celebrate doing nothing, doing the opposite of what you were doing at your highest high, then your lowest low won't seem like, you know, because that's what it is in this business. It's the highest highs and the lowest lows. And coming down from that, a lot of people want to keep the party going, you know, whereas I think once you're done with that, if you can plan taking joy and like for myself, building these little computers or whatever, it means that you look forward to that as much as you look forward to the matches, just in different ways. Spending time with your friends and family, having nice food, basic things, have going for a walk, basic things that anyone can do. Try to celebrate that as much as the great things that happen with your business or your creative industry or pro wrestling or whatever it is that you do. Those would be my bits of advice. So basically, I think to recap, I think I forgot one or two, but I think I've, I've kind of told you guys what worked and didn't work for me physique-wise when I'm getting the results. Um, I talked to you about um, kind of moving with the times of your industry, recognizing what's going on. Watch some of those company, watch the Blockbuster Company Man video. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You don't want to end up like that in your creative industry. You want to move with the times. Is there a new social media trend you need to be on? Is there a new, whatever it is, you need to be moving forward with whatever seems to be current at that time in your industry. Don't get me wrong, put your own spin on it. Things come back around. I don't mean stylistically because you might do a style of wrestling. You might go, you know what, I'm only going to wrestle like the world of sport, guys. And I bet you that would get over if you did it really well. And I mean old school world of sport because um, it's very different. But if, if you did that, you probably would get over. Things are cyclical. It will come back. But just be aware of the time that you're in. That's what I'm saying. Um, so another thing I was saying was about the networking thing. A lot of the opportunities that you're going to get are already there in front of you. You just have to make them happen. You just have to really look within and go, you know what, I'm going to read through the emails I've already got. Who have I spoken to that maybe had an opportunity? How could my business benefit their business? How could their business benefit my business? Is there room for both people to win here? Because that's when that's when business is great, when everybody's doing well and everybody's uh, benefiting from it. And then also, um, there was one other thing before that fifth point there. I can't remember what it is, but it's, you've already heard it. So there you go. So I'm very, very tired from being up all night looking after these bloody dogs. They wouldn't sell. <laughs> but also look forward to stuff like that, looking after two dogs and the day-to-day -day stuff. Make sure that you are prepared for when you come down from your first match or a great training session or a show that you went to see live or something like that. Have something to come down to. 
That would be my advice. All right, I've been the prestigious one. Thanks again to my patrons. Thank you to Sam Barber. Thank you to Respect Pro Wrestling. Um, if you're watching this on Twitch, I will be back um, in a little bit with my retro video game stream. Um, if you're listening on Patreon, this Saturday, July 13th, that's in a few days, we are going to be at Opium for the Discovery Wrestling After Show Party. If you attend Discovery it's only six pounds. I think it's ten pounds if you didn't attend Discovery. So you might as well just attend Discovery. Tickets are at hendryshop.com. I've been the prestigious one. I shall see you next time.